resource bin packing and like the ability to like Kubernetes is, is like playing darts with your eyes closed. It's literally like you have, it's like you're sitting there, your eyes are closed. You throw a dart, someone else hands you another dart, and you just keep trying it until you hit the middle of it. That's how it checks on workload state. You're listening to the tech breakfast podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. On the show with us today is Matt Baker. How's it going, fellas? Excellent. Going good. Awesome. I think I left Friday. the date out at the beginning. Well, it's Friday. Yeah. Nobody December knows. 18th. Friday, you know, December 18th. For the people who need to know. Awesome. The there you go. of December. Last day of like work you changed. for me for a while. Oh, congratulations. Cheers to that. Awesome. For like two weeks or what? Two weeks. Good, Very man. Very nice. Good. I love that about Dell. We seem to shut down for two solid weeks. It's not like two sort of weeks, but two solid weeks. Definitely good. I used to work for a company that did that as well. I won't state their name because they may or may not be a competitor to Dell. Uh, But there's definitely two two weeks where you were basically kicked out. It was just like don't don't open your laptop, don't come in the building. Uh, That was a good time. Yeah. Otherwise, we're on. All right. Let's see what's in the news today. Uh, there's more unraveling on solar winds. I'm curious if y'all read anything else uh, about that that came out. I saw some interesting stats. Russ, you shared something uh, the other day. Uh, I did. What was it? I can't remember. But anyway, some of the stats for oh yeah, it was the revenue that they were uh, that the Orion platform. Yeah, forty five percent of the company's yeah, 40, revenue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Insane. It's a bad look. Fire yeah. eye, right? Yeah. And uh, so 425 of the U.S. Fortune 500, all 10 of wow. the top U.S. telecom companies, key U.S. government bodies, the Pentagon, State, Treasury, Commerce, NSA, Department of Justice. Energy Ooh. Department. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So It's also probably most to- important to note here that, I mean, we're still finding things that have been infected right i mean this is yeah. this is conti- this is an ongoing and developing story it's not like oh we found them all in one day and we're going to squash the bug it's like no they're they're finding new ones uh, every <clears throat> single day like for instance uh u.s nuke agency uh hacked by a suspected russian solar wind spy that's so, right once again that's so, that's a recent one that's popping up here and there well in microsoft specifically identified 80 companies that they think were um uh, impacted and and I didn't get a chance to read that article in full, but um, I can only assume that they're significant organizations. Otherwise, eighty compared to the eighteen thousand solar winds already thinks was uh, impacted. Right, would, would just kind of be immaterial. But um, they were quick to say, very much still ongoing. And and I think what what a lot of people might miss here is that unlike some of the other exploits we've talked about, whether it's on a mobile platform or a, you know traditional operating system they they're expecting that the method of getting in so this they changed the names or i should say we should correct the way we were talking about it before apparently cozy bear is related to the group believed responsible and they're now calling this solar flare or something like that the the vulnerability that was used in the supply chain hack and Clever. i wish i had it right in front of me because i may have mangled that a little bit but um the there the expectation is that it was so sort of keys to the kingdom providing that 
that the groups that are inside were so careful and meticulous in the way that they went about this, that they very likely have access to systems and have done things well beyond this exploit. So a lot of what they're saying is ongoing is that they don't know how inside the, the, the perimeter the group is or groups that that have had access to this stuff which is wild right and i want to bury the lead there uh the key thing there is it may or may not be just the solar winds exploit there are other that things too. that and they're not oh. being exposed right now this it's is just a, getting the most attention it's getting the most attention and because it's known and i think the the solar winds part is largely fixed but for other areas they're finding there's possible other vectors that people that they use to get into you know, other companies or the same companies yeah, uh, and, and organizations. And so they're, they're probably not exposing them because it's very unlikely that they have actually been taken care of. So they're, they're still looking not only for who's been infected, <sighs> but what other vectors they use to potentially get. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, w- did they ultimately determine that it was that Git repo that had the default admin password? That's what I was just about to bring up. That's what I saw yeah. in an article this morning. I really um, hope a, not. It was what was it? Solar win, Winds one two three or something? Was the it admin was password admin update? One, two, three. Oh, admin one two three. Oh my gosh! Oh, admin. even better. Well, there was an aspect uh, of the updates too to deploy. It said disable your antivirus as well for for better success. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about how less uh, sophisticated this classic. just became. Oh my no, that's gosh! What I'm saying is uh, this was not sophisticated. It was it oh, was well, a lucky stroke. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far because the the other other piece of it. I mean, obviously, if if the core capability that they were able to drop into the SolarWinds upstates came from that administrative password, and that's how they were able to achieve um, digitally signed updates from SolarWinds, because that that's actually what was, I guess, apparently happening is that they were formally digitally signed SolarWinds updates or they were able to package it successfully because of that. Yeah, the fake um, tokens was still the sophisticated part. It seems like maybe the initial yeah. barrier to entry was potentially not. Which is What wild. is this Microsoft stuff? Have you seen this? Which one? Microsoft Unleashes Death Star on oh, SolarWinds. Yeah. I read that whole thing. I thought yeah. it was awesome. Oh, no, no. Um, what on. is it? What, what is Microsoft <clears throat> doing here? They, they basically took four different approaches. Uh, some of them are sort of standard uh, things like, I guess, trying to file a lawsuit to take over the domain that's used to sort of spread this around. It's like a big aspect of it. But they, just through their control of Windows, basically were able to kill a lot of the, the aspects that Windows was a part of this. So any part that got you know affected by whatever we're calling this, virus leak whatever include there's a there's a trojan virus that's that's put into this as well that's part of the the code they basically killed it around the world on windows platforms overnight and so they put an into it from that perspective uh they actually did some stuff that was fairly aggressive like potentially they put in some uh so it warranted the death star then yeah they not only blocked what did they do to make access to the trojan virus itself but they actually put into Windows Defender the ability to go find it and then eradicate this, which they said would necessitate shutting down or rebooting a lot of systems, which basically, as, as we all know, will have a high likelihood to break a lot of things running on it. Uh, but I, they basically took the uh, I don't care method. We're going to kill this <laughs> thing and you're going to deal with the reboot uh, sort of aspect. So they used which their influence the of, the, of the Windows ecosystem to be able to 
you know, deal a pretty heavy blow to the resistance if you're the hackers anyways. Sure. So that was the idea behind the Death Star piece there. I, I thought it was incredible. I mean, it really was just a, in, in many respects, it was viewed or represented as an act of good faith by them. Like how good yeah. Microsoft can be if they exercise their powers for good. That's a huge gamble for Microsoft quickly. though. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I, I mean, there because you think about it, and and I imagine we'll hear some of this. Maybe not. It, it could get squirreled away. But um, if if their aggressive approach to this in certain environments results in significant outage and therefore financial impact, even though it was in good faith and perhaps would have been the best thing from an you know intellectual property leak perspective or anything like that. Companies will sue Microsoft just because they have deep pockets and say, you did this. You had no right to do this. You shouldn't have done it to me. And it, it materially impacted my business. Pay up. Yeah. Well, well, I, I can see a lot of legal. That, that, that you, could, you could be sued for the exact same thing, right? In Not doing anything. And, and leaving it a vulnerability open. <laughs> well, one <laughs> might argue that, that exposing that you can do this makes that worse on round two. I don't like Microsoft, unfortunately, is probably just in a really bad place legally because of A, being able to do this, B, it now being very well known, and C, actually doing it. So I, I just, it'll be really interesting to see what happens, if anything, from a precedent perspective, I think. I think it's probably pretty zero sum of people. It's just going to be like, it's going to look like the war game scene that Aaron has never seen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where, where, where all the nukes okay. are flying across and that's going to be lawsuits just going to all these different companies and everyone's just going to sort of have to rob Peter to pay Paul uh, all over the you, place. But I promise you have a doomsday legal device. Wait, wait, back up. He's never seen... No. War games? No. That's not that's not possible. Oh, I know. I know. It's a running <laughs> joke and I'm trying to I need to I need to stop and watch it. No, yeah, Aaron, if it was a running off. joke, you would have watched it already. You yeah. don't know like you don't know Joshua, you don't know the Whopper, you don't nope. know any of these things. Nope. You don't know acoustic couplers? Come on, man. It was like the nope. He doesn't know where Burger King okay. got his burger name. I for, I, I'm leaving now. Uh, All right. Uh, let me check. Uh, hold on. Let me. Okay. Matt yep. It's on my to-do list now show. for next week. Next week. I'm off. It's all I'm going to do. Well, there's, so let's, let's hit real quick the four specific points. So one, it removed the digital certificates that the Trojan filed, files use. So that's kind of the easy, easy part of it. Then they updated oh, you're talking Windows. about the Microsoft thing? Yeah. Then they the updated okay. Windows Defender the next day. So they did this in like four Four days in a row, they did one thing each day. Just very yeah. swift and decisive action. So it was just... Uh, then they updated day of Defender. Christmas, um, Microsoft nuked me from space. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the next one is where they did the sinkhole method, which is the, the legal method for the domain sort of ownership that they pushed for. And then finally, uh, on four was when they hit the big red button. Uh, and they basically said they, they changed its phasers from stun to kill, which I, I don't know any other way to say that. <laughs> we just messed up Star Wars and Star Trek together, whoever wrote this article, and that is, a, that is terrible. Uh, but basically said they, they moved the default behavior of Windows Defender from alert to quarantine, a drastic action that could cause systems to crash but will effectively kill the malware. So. That's that's what happened here. Okay. Are we concerned Order about any operations. information that they may have gotten? Probably. Who? Legit fear? Wait, who? 
Microsoft? Uh, maybe we'll find out about the UFOs that the government is hiding from us. I'm just kidding. Let's it sounds on. like the, uh, the main I'm thing. just kidding. <laughs> what's been found here is that it doesn't look like they've been doing so far what we found, right? Is that it looks like most of this activity is explicitly from an espionage perspective, meaning yeah. they, even if they found the buttons to push, they didn't push them. Um, they've mostly been collecting information. That's at least what we've seen reported. I, we're gonna, this yeah. thing is going to go on for a little while. We're going to find out, I think, more and more over time, and we'll never know the full story. Well, we'll see, also see how air-gapped or double air-gapped or triple air-gapped some of, of the real environments systems. are. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm really curious what the long-term impact of this is. If, if this is indeed ultimately tied back to Russia, which seems to be the the source right now. Of course, they have denied this, right? Denied involvement whatsoever. Oh um, well, then they didn't do is, it. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> it, is this significant enough that that we act against it? And what does it look like? And I say we in that case because uh, I saw a report. Apparently, eighty percent of the um, targeted or at least identified targets have been U.S. based uh, corporations and entities. Um, obviously, a lot of them government. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of curious what our response to this is going to be, other than obviously a, a significant sort of security motion. What, what is the intergovernmental response going to look like? All right. I think we've killed this one. Uh, what else do I want to jump to? Moon base by 2030? Battery prices? Battery moon prices. Base by 2030? Yeah, man. <laughs> NASA said, hey, we're building one. And uh, are we going to be 3D printing it? Maybe. That might be the answer, right? Let's send up some stuff that can 3D print a moon base. With the moon dust. I like it. I feel like moon oh, dust. Oh, is that what it said? Uh, with the moon dust? You're going to need like Oh, with water, moon dust. Maybe. The answer, Not nice. a lot of water on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, oh, there's there's some water on the moon. A little bit, yeah. I, I is there? See those. Yeah. And how, how, much? Do you, how much do you really need to make a slurry and... and so build it out. I will say I read an article. <laughs> this is going to sound really silly, but I read an article about how to build the perfect sandcastle, and the ratio is eight to one sand to water. So how I that mean, seems about right. Yeah. Probably translates here. I don't know. I, I would think so. We so. need we need eight water moons to make the largest gravitational sandcastle in our <laughs> what? Eight Got water it. moons. Also, we're gonna Although, you know, I would imagine the, the difference of, of gravity would change that equation quite a bit. Oh, I didn't think about Ooh. that. You're so right. I wonder. You're so Certainly right. Certainly for that mean having more? solid water. I don't know if it would need I, I more or less water. In general. Or less I'm not water. sure you would because I, think I, you need I would less. think in general, you're just going to want thicker walls, whether whether you're the amount of something like that mixed in would work great. Cause if you had, if you had walls the same as we do on earth right now, they would be really weak from like a human strength perspective, just because they're more likely gravity's not anchoring yeah. them as firmly to the ground. But I, I would think that the water mixed with the sand has more to do with the, what are those bonds? The, um, yeah, the, cool, the adhesive not, bonds no. like yeah, yeah. the, well, yeah, I, maybe I forget most. That was of my another word for it, though. Yeah. Come on, guys. Bonds? It's, it's I don't the, remember it's what the those meniscus. Are. It's the meniscus. <laughs> uh, what? Sorry, I just what controlled that from this article, and I typed laser because I've been talking about lasers on our moon base. How to change with microwaves, lasers, and oh no, 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 no. 
Well, you have to have lasers on the moon base and you have to have thicker walls because there's going to be aliens up there doing like Star Wars like like battles and you have to be able to sustain the laser blasts. Okay, so there it's saying that are loud enough to be heard in the vacuum of space, by the way. <laughs> huh. turning, turning moon dust into building material is another huge challenge. The team is experimenting with small samples of moon dust in a lab, working out how to change its state with microwaves, lasers, and infrared light while using little to no additives. Interesting. So that's so the project. They're gonna take, they're gonna take it, and they're basically gonna create a, a silicate out of it. That would yeah. be like turning your sand on a beach into glass. That makes way more sense yeah, than trying to bring up water thinking. to make a sandcastle on the moon. Which actually, now they say out loud, sounds like a really weak structure, anyways. Or they're gonna pop popcorn from from the moon. <laughs> well, whatever they use to melt the ground can definitely be shot into my house for popcorn. That's right. Another classic 80s movie. Yeah, you guys lost me. I'm like, oh, what are y'all no. talking about? <laughs> Real genius. Add it to your list. Val Kilmer. Oh, Val Kilmer. Val Real genius. Kilmer. What? Yeah. Whatever. We'll, on, come, we'll come back to Bewley, it. Bewley, you're not going to get to have Christmas with your family. You're going to have I'm too sorry. many movies to watch. I know. I know. Okay. Battery prices. Battery prices have fallen 88% over the last decade. Easier to fight huge. climate change. I, you okay. know, I, I, gotta, I gotta say though, and I know that this is not what the intent of the uh, article was because it's specifically talking about lithium ion battery packs. And I think they're using that as a bit of a standard candle, but doesn't apply to your uh, traditional alkaline batteries. But I don't think I pay much less for my uh, Energizer and Duracell yeah. cells. A little bit for those Amazon basics and stuff. EBL, what they're another value brand, but um, I think they let's just, kept just the say I'm disappointed <laughs> that my AAA batteries still cost the same amount of money. Yeah, these are just they, the I think they cost more. <laughs> I think so too. Probably. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. You go so, by, so yeah. I would I love to see that change, by the way. There's a there's a lot of promising battery tech out there that that is yeah, there. has the potential of just totally changing the game. They talked yeah. about I think it was was it Toyota this week announced that they're building these solid state batteries for their EVs. So there's a ton of of interesting science going on in the battery world, um, and yeah, you know really Japan is. in in general has been sort of home of of battery tech for a long, long time. Um, and the government, I think the article would cover it. Basically, the government is is on a big sort of like you know get to the moon kind of push for new battery tech. So awesome. I think we'll see some pretty exciting stuff in the next decade or two on the battery. I think so front. too. We, this I, is running I, prototype by next year. Yeah, yeah, which is which is awesome. Um, like solid state batteries, sodium based batteries, right? So think about some of uh, in a, and I think there's a hint at this in some of Elon's statements too, because we've talked about this a bit. In fact, I think I brought up a solar or a sodium battery article last week, maybe. But um, there there are a couple of kind of futurology battery technologies that we are right on the cusp of. So we've we've actually successfully produced some of these prototypes in the laboratory. Now we need to scale it. Of course, that can be really significant hurdle, right? Scaling from small to big, scaling from few to many. Yeah. Those are those are big things. But it what's neat about some of this stuff, at least to me, is that it's not just how do we get 200 times the capacity and a thousand times faster recharge that maintains that capacity over much, much longer lifetimes. But it's also how do we produce it without rare elements? 
And that's where stuff like the sodium batteries come into play is that they they have some of these characteristics, but they also get rid of like cobalt, which is not a readily available material that requires a lot of mining. It's quite dirty. Like we're we're solving a lot of problems by chasing this technology, which is awesome. Is not to mention that uh, you're sitting on a small bomb that's activated by water. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, so I'm not, about that. <laughs> I'm not that up to speed on the solid state batteries. Is that something in, along the same kind of branch that there was an article we were talking about where if you think about like a, a Tesla where the battery is in the floor, well, what if the floor was the battery where they were talking about a material that became part of the structure of the battery that was, or the structure of the car that was also the battery. Like they were talking about the, it's basically mm-hmm. like a sheet of paper. I'm not as up to up on solid state batteries specifically and then maybe okay. somebody that just read this can talk to it but i don't think i think that's a conflation of the two things the, yeah, okay. the mixed use that's materials may be considered solid state batteries but i don't think solid state batteries are necessarily that put it that yeah. way okay interesting I, I would guess it's just taking the it like if you think about how a traditional battery works you've got you know a dielectric fluid and you've got the basically a gap that's being um bridged Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that it works quite, quite differently. And so you're taking out weight, you're improving uh, the capacity as a result of not having to have like a, you know, effectively a, a material oh, I get you. dielectric constant. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm guessing that like, as opposed to those sorts of, um, I don't know, packages or, or I'm blanking out on the material, but what's the, the material that, that was all in all the rage a few years ago, it's in essence, like a carbon, um, like graphene. Yeah. Graphene. Thank you. So yeah. The, I, I, I think okay. that, that that's another angle of attack in the battery space that I think could be, um, related to what Aaron was talking about in yeah. terms of, of using graphene to create a structure and then embedding the sort of battery tech between, right. A lot of these new batteries are a lot of early um, attempts at sort of going beyond lithium ion had graphene as a big part of it because you were able to create yeah, a, like a one atom sheet and then pack the the materials more densely and create one that's less dangerous than a traditional lithium ion cell. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, uh, and then we've talked about that a little bit too. Graphene is one of those... Um, unfortunately that took took some wind out of my sail actually when you said it because it made me think about a lot of stuff um graphene if you rewind the clock to like the 90s or the early 2000s is when the sort of the first discovery of graphene and being able to produce stuff like carbon nanotubes so you could actually sort of make stringy wire like um substance right and and graphene is one of those and i don't remember all the specifics but it it has excellent capacitance properties as well as phenomenal conductance properties so it conducts like or better than gold it's it's easy to kind of keep separated in different ways but that's one of those where we we've had extremely difficult time scaling production of graphene based systems and and getting them to go mostly from small to large, but then also just being able to produce them consistently enough at scale to even try to make large things from it. Never mind. That's right. It's, 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 been, it's been a material science um, innovation that has been <laughs> difficult to reduce to pr- practical use. Yeah, which is which is a pity. And I, I, it's cool that they've pivoted, um, but I, I have loved, I mean, graphene and some of the nanotech that 
sort of was around those structures and what they were trying to do is one of the things that got me really excited about engineering and science in general. Like, no joke, that's part of the reason I pursued physics. Um, and and if it saddens me to this day that it isn't used more broadly for the battery stuff specifically, because I think we're we're using yeah. the methods and whatnot in quite a few things. But very cool. Well, I am. I mean, just to kind of bring that full circle. Super excited about what we're going to see in the EV game over the next 10 years. Very, very cool. I got to decide if I'm going to, if I'm going to actually take delivery of my Rivian. Oh, okay. Cool. I don't, I didn't know like, you I don't have like the problem now is like vehicles were so central to our lives when yeah. we were commuting every day. It's like, I, I've got this car I bought, got it for a steal, let someone else take the hit on the depreciation, but I've got this awesome car. And I'm like, I don't use it. It's just sitting under a, a car cover, collecting dust. Yep. I had the same conversation with my wife the other day. We were like, what do we do about we'll this side or the other? What'd you say, Russ? You'll use it one day. Yeah, one day. Oh, but, uh, yeah. I'll, but why I'll take delivery it, right now? Think... Yeah. I don't know. You got to go to the grocery store, don't you? No, no the grocery store know, comes actually, to us. your sweet car. To me. Yeah, it comes I, to us. I only get in my car once every two weeks to make sure that it's not dead. Yeah, right. I, only emergency. To, <laughs> I only go to visit my mom through the window at the uh, at her <clears throat> nursing facility. I get in mine every single day. Where are you going? Oh, yeah. Kate. I go take or pick up my daughter. Went to yeah. the grocery store at 9 o'clock last night because she needed milk. My baby needs it. I'm jumping in my truck and I'm going to get it. Yeah, that's true. You're super that's dead. That's true. You're super dad. Super. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, when you when you were talking about the Rivian, it made me uh, realize too, I was reading a lot about delays uh, with the new Ford Bronco, um, delays with the uh, Chevy C8, uh, delay, I mean, just delays all over the place. But in the reality, the situation, like how many, I don't know. How much driving are we honestly doing? I don't know. I, certainly I can a tell lot you this. Gas prices so, will tell you we're doing a lot, lot less. We definitely right. are, but my wife does go to work every day. She works in the medical industry. She's gone to work the entire time. She's never stopped. And, uh, I mean, there's been a few times where she's been like, yeah, it's going to be a while because I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> like, legitimately, she's it's 5 o'clock, and wow. it takes her twice yeah. as long to get home as it does. Oh, wow. well, yeah, we, we all have to remember that we're, we're uh, insanely fortunate to be in the industry that we're in. And, oh, 100%. Um, to have so the types easy. of jobs we have because yeah. for everybody else we're talking about this i like now i feel really bad talking about this really nice car i have and um, <laughs> but there are but people don't who, there are people who have to go to work every day and expose themselves to this virus and therefore are disproportionately impacted by it so oh yeah 100 percent. and we thank all think of them for the things they do especially the ones fighting against it that's right yep. yeah one of my sisters is a nurse, and uh, it's been interesting to watch her journey through all this as well. Um, anyway, but I agree. Okay, uh, do we want to talk about this? Google grants $3 million to the CNCF uh, to help it run the Kubernetes infrastructure. Bro, do we want to talk about Kubernetes? Okay, okay. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, Kubernetes was initially inside of Google and then launched from outside of Google. This is a little sprinkling of uh, some donation money to make sure that it's healthy, right? Ensure the long-term viability of Kubernetes, which at this point, I would not have questioned the long-term viability of Kubernetes, you know, maybe four years ago. 
Eh, yeah, this, so what this, is, take? this is distinctly to make sure that CNTF can take over basically the entirety of everything as it relates to orchestrating the project. Uh, oh. Because they there are a bunch of different entities, uh, quite frankly, as I, as I learned uh, when I got involved with the project itself. There are just a bunch of different people that are involved. So like, for instance, when we're working on Kubernetes, we are the, the project team. So the people who are delivering like the upstream code, we're working directly with the CNCF. There's a communication team to Google. There's, there's a bunch of different entities that, that are involved in that process. Yeah, and it's, a, it's just a giant project now. A hundred percent. It's got to be the, the largest one, maybe not the largest one, but one of the largest ones going on right now. Yeah, it's definitely the largest one that is managed by the CNCF. And so what they were basically doing is pulling a lot of those parts that Google was still overseeing and just transferring that to the CNCF. There's actually a really, there's a, it's, there's a really good leading indicator here. And that is that a lot of people have been struggling with Google and their commitment to supporting some of these open source projects. In particular, the one, the biggest issue is Istio. And so they were supposedly, they had made a claim that they were going to submit Istio for incubation in the CNCF as well. Istio, for those who don't know, is a service mesh capability uh, to help overlay networking functions within Kubernetes. And they were going to basically do the exact same thing they did with Kubernetes, give it to the CNCF and let the community run it, right? They ultimately decided not to do that. And they have a different type of license where Google maintains control, but people can still work on it openly. And it became a really big issue of, well, so does Google care about open source, you know, contributing to the community? Is Are they going to do something with Kubernetes? This is kind of a good show of faith that like they're giving the rest of the project to the CNCF, uh, but it still still has no change or bar on, on Istio. It seems well, it's, it's really interesting to sort of to follow the industry discussion on you know some of the large hyperscalers and their leverage of open source versus contribution back to open source. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So it's going to be Amazon. something that 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 we're going to be talking about I think for quite a while. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of nuance in the different like GPL uh, yeah. licenses in particular a lot of people still use version 2 <laughs> because it's way more loose from a commercial perspective uh, GPL v3 is the one that actually closed a lot of those loopholes that people use and it's just for whatever reason that license has not been able to be widely adopted yet in in a lot of these open source projects <laughs> I think so. because because there's no way to create uh, uh, proprietary value without then contributing it back to the community so a hundred percent that's no the key one, <laughs> No one, I mean, people didn't like GPL period for a, a while. Um, yes. It's so critical though to, to what we do in our world. Yeah. Like that, that protection there that it does provide what little it does at this point in time to make sure these projects are sustained by the community is, is huge. Now, granted, it, we're talking about it from a U.S. perspective where we have a very, very different approach to open source. There are, there are countries all over the world who mandate that their like, code that's used inside of government entities is open source. Like that happens a lot. And they're major contributors to a lot of the things that we see inside of these projects. You, you but know this is big for the commercialization side. Yeah, Russ, the thing that I think is pretty interesting, though, about the, the whole open source licensing was sort of built around the idea that you would write code and release code to the outside world. And that would sort of be the, the, the prompt for you to contribute it back. But when you're operating a service, the license created zero requirement that if yep. you were to operate a service and use and use your changes for your own use to deliver a service, it never comprehended, you know, 
public cloud. Right. And I think that that's led to a lot of, you know, licenses in essence don't matter because they didn't comprehend the, the release back to the community because they're not being shipped as software to others. Matt, are you saying that an old rule did, didn't apply well to a new process? Exactly. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're trying to say here? No. Laws <laughs> of unintended consequences. 100%. I kind of so. want to take that from there and get, get your take on Section 230 or all this kind of stuff. But uh, I did want to mention that there's a nice quote in here from uh, Priyanka Sharma, the GM of CNCF, referring to the $3 million Quote, so the Kubernetes project can be stress-free, knowing they have enough credits to actually run for a full year and that security is critical because you don't want Kubernetes to be wondering where this will run next month. This gives the developers and the contributors uh, to the project the confidence to focus on feature sets, to build better, to make Kubernetes ever-evolving. So uh, it's very good. Excited to see that. That is. That's great. Good on Google. It's funny, yeah. though. Three million sounds like a lot for the CNCF. It, it's so imperceptibly small for google for google that's a, that's like oh that just fell out of my pocket yeah it's like when, whenever we see these uh there's articles that come up that say like um vietnam finds facebook six million dollars for exposure of uh, all their residents or whatever and it's like that's two dollars a person yeah, facebook's going down <laughs> facebook six million they're like okay oh, fine no. <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt, I know you have to go. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, to talk about or, or drop on the show real quick? No, no, no. I just, you know, want to thank you for having me again. And, uh, you know, it's it's the year's winding down 2020. We've only got a few weeks left, thank God. So uh, it's been great to, to chat with you all and, and uh, um, have a great holiday season. You right too. back thank at you, man. Thank you so much you, for man. joining us. Yeah. yeah See you in 2021. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll uh, have you back on again sometime, man. Perfect. Talk soon. Hey, get, that guy, you're going to beat Rudy because he's thinking the same thing. I bet you. <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> uh, I can't quit. I, I'm going to go try. I'm going to try. We'll see, though. All right. I thought, I thought you would. <laughs> I thought you would. All right. It's been great. See ya. See you, Matt. Bye, Matt. Later. All right, Dude, y'all. I got a topic that I feel mm-hmm. like should be saved possibly for a proper financial Friday with our super financial correspondent, John Nicholson. Senior but Nicholson. I, I got to drop it anyways. Credit Suisse turns bearish on Planet Palantir's uh, valuation based based on their consideration that the valuation is disconnected from fundamentals. Hold on. And I only Palantir's, know some of the words that you just said. You're going to have to <laughs> clarify. So, so I, I know very little about Palantir, right? No joke. It is a meme stock. Like literally the the financial news networks are reporting on Reddit's Wall Street bets, which has been options what? trading and making a joke out of PLTR, Palantir. I'm, I'm very much so glad this exists. I, 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 Wall Street bets is the one of the most interesting corners of the internet, especially if you are at all interested in financials, because it is completely devoid of reason. It is just YOLO, FOMO, hot garbage. Dude, I don't want to go into that. But the meme game is strong and, and it's gotten big enough because people, well, they post uh, gain and loss porn is what they refer to it on there, where they show their, their, you know, total valuation 
nose diving, people losing tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, or going to the moon, turning 5k into a million. So much fun to watch, get your popcorn, just read wall street bets. But every so often it trends in Reddit and Reddit has some ridiculous number of unique users a day. I'm talking like tens of millions, right? So when wall street bets finds its way onto the front page of Reddit, people make bad decisions and it actually moves markets. The SEC has actually looked into people on Wall Street bets because of things they've done, motions that have been made. Again, extremely interesting. But I laugh at the title of that article because the Palantir lost 4% of their valuation based on Credit Suisse's, you know, coming out and, and effectively downgrading them, right? Yep. What hugely popular tech stock right now is remotely connected to fundamentals? Like, where the heck did this come oh, from? Oh, none of them. <laughs> zero. Absolutely so, zero. I, like, I, I laughed, one, because it's in the news, and it's only in the news because of Wall Street bets. I, I am almost certain of this. Like, go look dream. at those threads, right? But of all the things... To, to make it up to the top of seeking alpha, the downgrading a stock because it's not connected to fundamentals, just, hi, it's, it's another day that ends in Y. <laughs> Dang it, seeking alpha? Why didn't I get my notification about this? I'm actually subscribed to Wall Street Bets as well. I, I guess I haven't checked Reddit. So much fun. Uh, that's just hilarious to me. I, didn't, oh I never gosh, considered dude. the fact that Wall Street Bets in its – in, in, in what it is would ever have any true effect on anything. But the, I guess that does make Dude, absolute sense is that it if it does make it to the front page, unknowingly people will see that and just take it at face value, which is a terrifying, terrifying thing to do. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing about Wall Street, it's great because I, I subscribe to, you know, like personal finance and stocks and options, like the, let's call them serious uh, subreddits related to financial, financial management and market stuff, right? Like Bitcoin. Wall Street Bets is such amazing hot garbage. And, and they'll bleed into the other subreddit. Somebody will come and they'll be like, hey, I'm looking at this, you know, it'll be like a weekly expiring in days option trade that they're trying to do. And people are like, get the heck out of this subreddit. You know, like <laughs> we talk about, you know, actually what do you mean by hot garbage? It, like, it's, well, you're it's scrolling just, through it right no, now. No, no I know. I'm, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how you're brilliant. how you're defining it, that because when you said when you were talking about it being hot wreck. garbage, okay, it, it's it's the good kind of hot garbage. It's the kind of hot garbage that you roast a marshmallow on. Okay, okay, that's that's what I was looking for because <laughs> I have never been here before. This is it it's, is it's so funny. It looks entertaining, right? It is absolutely entertaining because they will post. Well, what, what you were saying when you were talking about it being hot garbage, a, a corner of the internet that was hot garbage, I immediately went to the other day when I actually started to look at what, not because I'm trying to like even consider this, but I was, there was a video that popped up on YouTube and it was like, let it be another flat, conspiracy theory. What a flat earther believes, right? That's what it was. <laughs> And I was like, okay, because I'm always, you know, intellectual consistency, right? Like, how do we, how do, how do they reconcile every, like, all of this, right, to, to that? And that's what I would call hot, hot garbage. All those arguments. Yes, no, that that, that's fair. It and was just like facepalm over and over and over. Yeah. And over. Anyway. 
No, this is this is like I said, this is the kind of hot garbage that you'd uh, make your s'mores with, right? It's, yeah, it is hilarious, and it is it is actually really entertaining content. There are a number of people that post this up that will make these incredibly complicated uh, gifts that that are you know, overlaid with stock stuff. And it's, it is brilliant content. And that is what has drawn so many people to it. But then you also get all these crazy YOLOs. And I mean, there are people on there that are posting, they start with $5,000, they threw their life savings. And the problem is- There was a family that When this that. stuff creeps, when this stuff creeps to the front page of Reddit, like desperate college students will go do the same thing. And then they'll, they'll post crying about, you know, not having a car to live in anymore. And uh, it's 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 a weird weird place, but I highly entertaining. weren't we talking? Were we talking on Telegram? Oh, yeah, the or was Bitcoin I talking family. about that with somebody else? The Bitcoin we, family. No, that was us. Yeah, that we was yeah, Tyler and I sold talked everything about it on on one of the past episodes, and I think you were yeah. listening to it and heard it. And oh, you were like, what, what is what this? Yeah, yeah, I was just listening. So they bought it, bet everything on Bitcoin when it was nine hundred dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, insane. Wait a second, nine hundred. Yeah, nine hundred in twenty eighteen. Now it's over twenty. And, and then they ah. sold it at five or six thousand. Was what I think the article stated. Whenever well, they started oh, to. I don't think they've they? sold it all, but they have sold a lot, and they yeah. they did very well for themselves. What's funny? I and it's we good. That's what I would have done as well. Um, I read about that family like the day that they sort of started creeping into the news, and the the vitriol on the internet just saying your kids should be taken away. Like this is reckless. It was just. Total speculation. True, by the way. Total speculation as Bitcoin. No, is. not true that they should. That their kids should be taken away. <laughs> no, 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 no. Speculation. And and that's a dangerous game to play with your entire you know life savings. They they literally sold their house, their car, they sold everything, and threw it into Bitcoin, and it worked out beautifully for them. But but that's the problem is that it doesn't work out beautifully beautifully for everyone. The but nature of the a twist, bet. Dude. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But here's the twist. They found happiness even without the money. They they realized they got rid of everything and they were like, actually this is kind of nice. <laughs> right? That's we don't cool. have we don't have things that own us and uh we're always together doing things to get I, I don't know, whatever. It was great for them and their three kids. So so just yeah, no, I think the win a, is a bonus on top of the life lessons that they learned. Anyway, I, am, I did not think Bitcoin went to nine hundred in twenty eighteen. Where no no where no. It said it said initially bought at nine hundred and then more in twenty eighteen. Okay, the so, I think so the that's what I thought. Was in twenty eighteen or something. The guy had invested. In, okay, so I'm remembering some of this. Um, because Russ, I think it was part of our conversation. It was. I don't. He did not get in that early, right? Like when he backed out and sold their house. So when it showed up in the news and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure he got into Bitcoin at between five and six thousand dollars, and that's to me even more like intense on the the valuation side. Of course, it it has gone to the moon. With I mean, it's hitting all time highs every couple of days right now again. So it's over twenty two thousand dollars a coin today or at least it was yesterday which is always a running joke with bitcoin <laughs> well, what are you gonna do with twenty two thousand? i mean fourteen thousand thirteen thousand dollars isn't enough seventeen thousand dollars is 629 <laughs> it's up to 22 22 yeah, it's almost it's almost 23 closer to 23 than it is 22 what? yeah yep. Ah, yep. i'm retiring boys <laughs> hey have fun have fun uh all right <laughs> 
hard shift here. Um, so we we beat up on the AirPods Max when it got released, five hundred fifty dollars. Good. My favorite YouTubers, MKBHD, did a review, released it yesterday. I watched it, and yeah, it's not. There's nothing magic about it. There's nothing. I magic. called that. I it's called just it. A we don't need another Beats, another another Sure, another. Uh, why can I think Bose? Yeah. Like, they, they're already they're there. All, like the quality's there. Yeah. If it was the same price point, I would have just thumbs up and said, "Great, that's another yeah. pair of headphones." Yeah. But it's like two times the price. Yeah, they're all they're all metal, right? Um, so they're heavier. And a big one of the things he talked about was um, headphones, especially. He he actually it's kind of funny. He related it to a uh, like a Tesla, right? If you're driving in a straight line, car feels light and fast. But if you turn the car you realize how heavy it is due to the battery, right? Or the batteries. Uh, same goes with these heavy steel headphones. Most headphones are made out of plastic and they're lightweight, right? And they feel good. You can move around and do all this kind of stuff. Um, but these, you do not want if you're like, if you're doing anything other than basically just sitting and, and, and wanting, you know, this, this luxury sound experience or whatever, if you're just sitting, great. If you're up walking around moving, if you're working out, definitely not, right? Um, so... Anyway. So I was that makes uh, sense. obviously it, uh, what they wanted was to just give people rucking points while they were wearing headsets. That's something <laughs> we need not like. Well, I, I actually think there is a, a, a tangible purpose to this. I say this actually not knowing because I'm Next not, I'm not in the whatever 500 plus, uh, you know, AirPod game myself. However, there, there is a, a market segment of this, meaning there are a bunch of other companies that make $500 plus headsets, earphones, whatever it might be. And there is one problem that was you know, expressed on another podcast I was listening to. And they said that in, because both of these people have over five, $600 headphones and, and they've experienced the same problem. They're like, most of these come with a very hardened case because they're meant to protect the headphones. A $500 investment. You say that like it's obvious, it's not. Because these things break no matter what you do. Like they have each had three pairs of the same headphones. So the idea of the Apples is actually meant to be like, one thing they're pushing is that these are very, very hardened headphones. Meaning the likelihood of these breaking is much smaller. So they actually don't come with like a, crazy steel case and all this like people will make them for them i'm sure but that's they they flipped it they put the durability into the headphones themselves as opposed to in the casing hence you get metal and then the tesla effect yeah. but that was just an interesting point that someone had provided that they shifted the durability promise to like the headphones themselves mm. whereas they one made person a tactical headset and skimped on audio quality <laughs> brilliant for a 500 yeah, they didn't, they just, didn't i'm just screwing around skimp on no, audio. I've yeah, seen no, reports no. that make it sound really good um, I'm just saying if, if you're throwing investment dollars at one thing, it's hard to chase the other thing too. No, that's, that's really interesting. I guess it'll be neat to see how um, durability actually plays out then. It's yeah. kind of what I was thinking too. I'm like, I feel like someone's going to try and break these. They <laughs> have know? replaceable. They naturally, well, they're and freaking he was showing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're metal, right? They're very, very strong, very durable, um, bendable, all this kind of stuff. So are um, they made out of They actually have replaceable. Push back against all of the things you just said. What'd you say? That's what it is. I said they, they powdered aluminum stuff. That's technically metal, but it's it's awful. Yeah, every property sure. you just described. Yeah, no, I know Th these are <laughs> these are apparently not the powdered aluminum, uh, you know, foil that you. Would they made them of yogurt. Bend so easily, yeah. Ah, <laughs> I get yes. a yogurt. Uh, did you say yogurt? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. 
They're um, yogurt covered headphones. That's how they protect baseballs for some reason. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Bring it back on track here. Um, The the only other cool thing that I saw him uh, show is that the, the ear covers the over the ear, um, the the pieces, right. That connect to your head are actually replaceable. They're like that. They uh, connect to your head snap off. I'm a big fan. They plug in the back. What? No, that's what they, I, that's what I, I heard was that wondering was. what that port was they for. Plug in the what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? You, 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 you said that they connect to your head, right? And where so. they touch? I was. It was sort of a joke, <laughs> real quick, but a terrible. And then one. I made a joke. Yeah, we but ran the, with it. Also the terrible. Sit, okay, <laughs> we're falling apart here. Anyway, Among Us is coming to Xbox in 2021. Sweet. Uh, what is? What's coming to Xbox? Among, Among us. us. Have you played Among <gasps> Us? I love that game. Yes, okay. I don't play it Let's very often, but it is so fun. Also, Sony removed Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. Whoa. Just because it was bad? It doesn't was, work. Well, It's fine. Yeah. It's just buggy. I almost said well done. Poorly done? <laughs> well, it's just for the like the PS4 version. So like mm. the last gen console version, because there's a new gen now. So now it's a PS4. bad port, huh? Xbox One, our, our last gen, they just it just doesn't work. <laughs> like in what way? It's like I saw stuff around a bunch of like the non-player character density. It was a significant problem. I was seeing side by side between that and Xbox walking through the same sort of area, and it was super dense on the Xbox. And there was like four people hanging out. I, I think on NPCs. on both the the PS4 and the Xbox One, like OG Xbox One version, it's it's running terrible. Like they have frame rate issues, they have glitches, they have characters disappearing, they have crashes, they have yeah, all sorts gosh. of things. Like that's, they basically didn't test the game on the last gen console version. Mm. There was an article I saw that said that the founders of CD Projekt Red, which is who makes this game, have lost over a billion dollars in like. I guess equity value based on the what? console version being so poor. Wow, yeah, that's they, a bad stock look. dropped a lot. They lost a lot of sales. Just all yeah, sorts of things. Bummer. So, have y'all both played this? I have. I, I've played it for like ten minutes. Not what do y'all think? I, mean, I, I like heard it. it's just like GTA, but with like it a is cyber. A lot like, no, 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 no. We should go back to my description. It's far more accurate. Something about battle. <laughs> battle I, I have a whole host of friends who I love battle. They, they all love it. So um, I, I mean, I've got friends who've sunk. I like know, it. Ten twenty plus hours into it already, and, and they they really enjoy the game a lot. So okay. uh, I haven't I would take their word on it more than my own. I haven't played a game much lately, but I I got this again because Russ suggested. In fact, I got my Stadia yesterday. Ooh, there you go. Or nice. my uh, yeah, the the premiere edition, the one that came with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten a new game in quite some time. Um, so I'm excited about setting this little bad boy up. But uh, I actually have been playing. I've been playing it. Uh, that was why I was up late last night. Um, just, uh, just to dip my toe back into it. And I I've seen the reports on the bugs, but I, I have not been reading them. It makes sense that it's talking about, uh, older consoles too, because yeah, it's got bugs, but nothing in the game uh, from a PC player perspective, uh, would have turned me off to it. I think it's great. It's totally genre fitting. I don't think it's mind blowing. The story is pretty good. Gameplay is fun. Yeah, Stadia and PC work fine. Um, there's no issues at all. I mean, in fact, there's tons and tons of memes about this because well, for, the, for many years there, especially for a time period when like the Xbox 360 and the PS3 were out, people said things like PC gaming was dead and all PC ever got were console <laughs> ports and they were crap 
console ports because the consoles were so dramatically different from PCs. Yeah. Whereas today they're they're basically PCs, so ports are easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was issue, a big apparently. issue where um, yeah, exactly. Um, that was an issue that a lot of people took was like, man, whenever you know PC players have a bad port, no one bats an eye. Console players have a bad I port, and all that. of a sudden the world is over. And I so saw that. You know, Many of us Thanks, in the Reddit. base were, were, you know, quite pleased with the experience. I, I got to say this too. Uh, one, thanks for turning me on to Stadia because it's a super interesting technology in yeah, general, um, right? Uh, and just to remind anyone who's listening that's not familiar with it, this is where Google's servers do the, you know, the rendering and it basically delivers it. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, uh, as, as mm-hmm. I understand it. But that's the the simpler side is that it's basically pushing the content down to you from a cloud-based yep. scenario. Um, it, that it has been a very usable experience, right? Like no installs, no updates. I just, I, you go into Chrome, you fire up Stadia as, as a web app and then boom, you're in game. It goes full screen. It's, it's actually a super, super interesting way to consume game content and like i i get it i'm on board um i'm i doubt that the i guess the the rendering is as powerful as you can push into next gen consoles or i should say consoles in general since well, the, the next, next gen, gen. It, it's definitely more powerful than like the xbox one people. that's fair yeah but i'm just saying there's it's a it's our there's a game there, right? Like Stadia is yeah. better than an Xbox one or an Xbox or an Xbox one, maybe, but not the latest gen. And then, you know, 10 years from now, that's going to flip flop, whatever it is. But my, right. my point being it, it really is an easy and approachable way to do gaming, which it is. Uh, is neat. I had it's helped a lot of it. people get back into it. In fact, there's a subreddit called Stadia Dadia, which is uh, yeah, dad apparently gamers. I'm part of that. And you are a part of it. And, and it's, it's a part of, it's basically, you know, people who, uh, you know, say they have no time, but really they just don't prioritize it. The, the reality <laughs> is, is like, it's, totally me. it's, it's <laughs> super simple, uh, to get in. There's no maintenance. Like and when I say maintenance, the maintenance on the console is basically updates. Right. But if yes, you play, right. if you touch your console once a month, you're going to go start it up and you may have an hour of updates where stadia, yep. you will never experience never, which is yep. brilliant. You know, yeah. you just, I, I mean, literally I, I got, as soon as they released the game, uh, cause I, I got access to Stadia before I got the device, the premier edition device, right. That just showed up in the mail. Um, it, it was as soon as it was available, it was just boom, fired up and I'm in the game. There's no install. There's no download. It's just immediately to the, the credits or, you know, that's the awesome. Credits. So yeah, it's really like, neat. It's, it's much like mobile gaming, right? That's why that took off. And to Russ's point, why it's the largest, uh, gaming platform. It's just, yeah. easy. you know, you've Super got five simple. minutes, you jump mm-hmm. in, you play, you know, Flappy Bird or Crossy Road or Tetris or good old Battle Flappy Toads Bird. or whatever. Battle Toads. Yeah, yeah. Wild Rift, if you really want to get into the mobile gaming space, MOBA from mm, Riot Games. My uh, Riot. gaming hey, chat okay, hates every on. word I just said. <laughs> What is it it's called? Just, Wild it's Rift? like that game we used to play. Um, Wild Rift is one that's coming out soon from Riot, and it's basically a mobile version of League of Legends, which is the largest uh-huh. mobile and biggest esport in the world. Oh, so, yeah. What yes, that's going to be releasing here pretty soon. I remember Riot Games, what they, the first game I think I ever played from them that I realized was from them. Um, Had to have been League of Legends. No. It was the one where you basically wreaked havoc in a mall. Yeah, that's not them. I'm pretty sure it was them. Okay, they've made League of Legends, Valorant, 
and Legends of Runeterra. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Then. And and two of those released this year. Wrong. They had one game for the last ten years. Okay, Valorant couldn't have been Riot. Who who made Valorant that? Valorant was the game we played, right? Valorant is a game that I suggest we play, no. um, but I don't, I don't know if you played it or not. No, Valorant so is like Counter Strike. No, okay, that's right. Some ability. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to remember the game that we played on the. Mobile game. Yep. I was yeah. No, on, Valorant's a PC know. game. It's free to play. Runs on anything north of a toaster. And, uh, <laughs> is uh, is awesome. a very competitive game, much like like League of Legends is. But yeah, they they've operated on League of Legends literally since their inception. This year, they based they they started releasing like multiple games out of nowhere. They just they announced Valorant, and within two months had a beta. A month after that, the game was released. It was the first major release they've had since their inception with just league of legends so it's been pretty big uh, all my friends hate it which is cool i like it but my friends now now i really want to know a what game i'm thinking of and b why i thought riot <laughs> had released it and that i, is I kind of want to know these things today. as well but uh, i think we should move on from it we should. Uh, do we have any other particular items that we want to hit on today uh, man, I I'm kind of out of news. Yeah, it's my source. daughter's birthday. I'm gonna go hang out with her, I guess. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday! We'll it. Let's wrap it up. God, I wish I could remember well, the, name of the game though. Vainglory. 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 We That's played that one. for a hot. Which second. is really, I think, one of the top, if not the top, mobas on mobile. I mean, it had an actual pro scene for a little while, but Wild Rift yeah. is going to dominate the entire scene. This was back in 2016. We played it. Yeah. Goodness, really? Was it yep. that far back? Yep. Because I remember it was like it was the year. Yeah, it was I, the year. I can that tell you I this much: pain from cancer. Yep. And I also didn't work at SHI. <gasps> wow. We played much I didn't changed, work at VMware bro. either. Yeah, <laughs> a I actually lot, remember. A I remember changed. playing that up in the office, your old office, right, yeah, Russ? Right. Yeah, that's right. And I've been here now uh, for four and a half years. Okay, yeah. make your predictions for 2025. Where are we going to be? Moon base. Well, <laughs> be, three of be, us Bewley's going to be on the moon base for sure. Yeah. So I'm hoping the internet gets improved by then. So we're still just as a just as a bus stop to get to Mars. Oh, Jordan yeah. It's not going to 2025. I don't know. I think I'm probably going to still be at SHI. <laughs> 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 That's probably, probably what's going to be going on. Uh, you know, doing stuff on. I'll probably not be working on Kubernetes anymore. It'll probably be whatever comes next. Whatever after is that, built on which top is what? of it. That's my mobile netties. Uh, honestly, I think the thing that comes next is like the thing that it fixes all of the problems we have with Kubernetes, like resource bin packing and like the ability. To, like Kubernetes is is like playing darts with your eyes closed. It's literally like you have. It's like you're sitting there, your eyes are closed. You throw a dart. Someone else hands you another dart, and you just keep trying it until you hit the middle of it. That's how it checks on workload states. So we're gonna get to a point where a little bit more intelligent than that. Like okay, look at well, Hashicorp, our hook, Nomad. That would on our hook for the beginning of the show. There you Kubernetes go. Kubernetes is like playing nice. darts with your eyes closed. That's what we're going to do. In, that's where I'll be in five years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there we have it, gentlemen. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. This was fun. Glad we had Mr. Baker on with us. Sorry that he had to leave halfway through. But we hope all of our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. And as always, if you've got content we missed, or if you'd like to come join us on the show, let us know. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Have a fantastic weekend. Peace.
Later.